Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the privilege we have of being able to come together to study and fellowship around your word. We thank you, Father, that your word changes our lives. Thank you that the more we hear the word is the more we become just like you. Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory for all that will be revealed and accomplished through your word in the service. In Jesus' name, and everybody say the amen. amen. All right, sit down and open your Bibles with me. You are supposed to turn to someone and say, I'm ready to receive the word of God. Praise God. All right. Now, last week we spoke about burning for God, remember? We spoke about burning for God. And um, I gave you four points that... um, I said, if you make these points a habit, um, they will keep your fire burning. Remember that? They will keep your fire burning. Now, uh, and those four four points were worshiping God. It was um, praying in the spirit, reading the word, serving in the church, and being consistent. All right. So we're going to go deep, a little deeper on those five points. Uh, we're going to start with worshiping God. Now open your Bible to John chapter number four. Um, it has a little bit of what we spoke about last week, but we're going to stretch it a little bit, all right? Uh, John chapter four, verse 23 and 24. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Say this to me. Say, God is seeking for worshipers. Say, that means not everyone is a worshiper. In fact, it says true worshipers, right? So God is seeking for what? True worshipers. So if God is seeking for true worshipers, that means not everyone is what? A true worshiper. All right. You may have a lot of people that are worshipers, but not true worshipers. So what is a true worshiper? Verse 24 says, Those who worship God must worship him in what? Spirit and in? Say with me. Say, a true worshiper is one who worships in spirit and in truth. You see, if if your worship is dependent on God's goodness, that's not true worship. If your worship is dependent on your prayers being answered, That's not true worship. If your worship is dependent on circumstances, meaning when things go well, that's when you worship God. That's not worship. Worship should come from the love that you have for God. 
And if you love God, you love God regardless of what God does or what God does not do in your life. You see, my love for God has got nothing to do with what God does for me. I love him when I feel he's good, and I love him even when I feel he's not. Note what I said, when I feel he's not, because feelings will always lie, right? God is always good. He's never not good. Say, God is never not good. God is always good. I hear them at funerals. They cry, You know what that means? The Lord has given and the Lord has taken. Say this. Say, God never takes. God always gives because a giver is who God is. God doesn't take life. God gives life. The devil takes life. He, the Bible says, the devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10.10. 10. He told us who is the killer. He says, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God's plan is for us to complete our assignment here on earth, and we go to heaven. Not for us to die before our time. That's not God's plan. Anyone who dies before time, they were killed by the devil or their stupid decisions. Which gives access to the devil. Yes. Yes. When we make decisions that are not in line with God's will, they give access for demonic activity in our lives. They will first draw us away from God, further, further, and further away from God, until our love for God dies in the inside. And when the love for God dies in the inside, the devil's got full access, man. He's got full access. You see, the devil is not stupid. He's not going to attack you in a way that will be obvious to you. He's going to come bit by bit, bit by bit, without you noticing. That's why the Bible says, do not be ignorant of the devil's strategies. He's got strategies, man. He's got, he's got plans. He's got schemes. You know, he does not come in, in a way that is obvious to you. No, he comes. He comes. He does not come out like a Satan, no. Satan, are you with me? No, no, because he knows that you know the word, right? He knows you know the word. So it's not going to come in a way in which you're going to be able to figure out that this is the devil. Are you with me? Hello? He, he, the Bible says he comes in what kind of clothing? He's a wolf that comes in what? In, in sheep's clothing. Are you with me? It's not a sheep, this one. <laughs> are you with me? So that's why the Bible says, let's not be ignorant. So when we are children of God, we must be vigilant. The Bible says, be vigilant. Peter says, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's also seeking. God is seeking for true worshipers. The devil is seeking whom he may devour. Can I suggest to you that the one that he succeeds to devour is the one who's not a worshiper in spirit and in truth? Hello? So what is to worship God in spirit and in truth? To worship God in truth is to worship him in line with his word. Amen? It's to worship God in line with his word. And let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. You know, we have this 
some of us, we got a misunderstanding of what worship is in, in our early days of Christianity. And some of us, we used to think that worship is a song. That's why Pastor Tapelo's slogan says, worship is not a song, but it's not just a song, but a lifestyle, right? I mean, are you looking for your slogan? Born. And then so she thought by sitting by the door, we're not going to see that she's here. Yeah. Sukbani. so far away from, apart from each other. What's over king? Bona, look at them dollars. Bona, but me she's a katai. I want to take a picture with all four of you guys. Green, green. Yeah. Let's go back to church. First Corinthians 14. Uh, one of the things that my wife tried to make me commit to before she said yes was that I must never talk about her on the pulpit. I'm like, ah, no, I don't want to sin. <laughs> Don't want to say yes, and then I fail to keep the promise. First Corinthians 14, verse 15, right? Paul says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray in the Spirit. Say, I will pray in the Spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. Say, I will sing with the Spirit. And I will also sing... With the understanding. So, praying with the understanding is praying in a language that your mind can understand. Praying in the spirit is praying in a language that your mind cannot understand. Okay, I'll talk a little bit about that when we go to point number two. Uh, What is that language that we cannot understand? But we're not talking about that. We'll talk about that later. So I believe that to worship God in spirit is to worship God in tongues. I believe that to worship God in spirit, you know, there's a time where the worship team here, they were busy singing in the understanding and they got to a point whereby they were singing in the spirit. Are you with me? They were singing in the spirit. Uh, there's nothing wrong with singing with the understanding, but there is something about singing. There's nothing wrong with singing in the understanding. That's what I said, right? But there's something about singing with the spirit. It, it, it gives you, it takes you to another level. Are you with me? Even, even praying with the understanding is one thing, but praying with the spirit, it takes you to another level. So God wants us to worship him in that level. Of who he is. John 4.24 says God is spirit. He is spirit. And if we talk to him. We can talk to him in spirit. And we can worship him in spirit as well. Are we together? Now go to Exodus 8 verse 1. Exodus 8 verse 1. We're talking about. Four, five benefits to keep. 
uh, to keep us burning for God, right? And we said number one is to do what? Is to worship God. Is to worship God. There's just something about worship that look at what God said in Acts 8 verse 1. Exodus. Exodus 8 verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may do what? Worship him. Other Bible says, serve him. That they may worship him. If you've got the NIV, the NIV says worship him. Can you put the NIV on the screen? All right. Let my people go. NIV, please. I want people to see it. So that they may do what? Worship him. So God wanted his people released. And the reason why he wanted his people released is so that they may do what? Worship him. And if you go read what happened, you will read how far God went with releasing his people so that they may just do what? Worship him. Say, God wants to be worshipped. Why does he want to be worshipped? What, what is to worship God? I wrote here, worship is a means which we invite God's presence to be constantly in our lives. Worship changes our perception of how we see challenges. Worship changes our perception on how we see God. Or it gives us a clearer understanding or perception of who God is. When we worship God, God looks bigger and the challenges look smaller to us. Are you with me? Those that see their problems big, they are not worshippers because the more you worship God, the more God reveals big to you, himself big to you, and you start seeing how big your God is and your challenges are. I don't know if you guys remember that, that story with uh, uh, Elijah, and they were surrounded by their enemies, and, 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 and the young man was terrified, and Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see that those that are with us are more than those that are against us. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and he began to see what he could not see with his naked eyes. So when we begin to worship God, we begin to see things that are not evident to the naked eye. A worshiper sees what God wants them to see. God becomes bigger and the challenge becomes smaller. Worship taps us into the reality of who God is. Worship gets us to see life from God's point of view. Hello? You will never know what it means that all things are possible until you are a worshiper of the God of all things. You will never really know what it is to be more than a conqueror until you become 
a worshiper. You will never really know the peace that surpasses all understanding until you are a worshiper because worship will enter you into that peace. Worship is powerful. Worship is powerful. Worship is what we do. Huh? Oh. Worship is what we do to celebrate God and what he has done or doing in our lives. When we run out of words to appreciate God or to express our gratitude, all we can do is just worship him. Worship him. Praise him. And worship him. Now, Pastor Abby, why are you now saying praise? The problem is that you think praise is a song. And you think worship is a song. To worship God, to praise God is the same thing. Same thing. In worship, we offer our praises. Worship is also a weapon in, in which we overcome. Say this, say worship is a weapon. Now let's go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Worshippers are very dangerous people. Nothing moves them. Nothing affects them. Please, whatever you do, be nice to a worshipper. Don't be caught mistreating a worshipper. Because those are the kind of people that God is seeking for. And when someone is a worshiper, that is God's property. God's special people. Worshippers. Now we are all special people to God. But there's something about worshippers. That's why God looks for them, seeks for them. Second Chronicles chapter 20. We're going to read from verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekwa, or Tekwa, whatever you want to call it. And as they went, 20, 2 Chronicles 20, 20. And as they went, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets or his pastors, and you shall be, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing, and to praise. Or you can say, when they began to worship, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Moab Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sir, how do you say the word Sir or Sea? Sir, that. They helped to destroy one another. 
So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and they were their dead bodies. They were there, their dead bodies falling on, on the earth. No one had escaped. But what was the strategy? They put the worshipers in front. They put what? The worshipers in front. Never go to any battle without having worshiped God first. In fact, when you worship God, then you won't have to go to the battle because worship will defeat whatever that is standing before you. What is it about worship that God will put the singers in front of the army? We know how the walls of Jericho fell down, right? Amen? All they had to do was to worship God going around the walls of Jericho. And go read the story. And what happened? Those walls came down. They crumbled down. Because of worship. So worship is a tool that God has given to the believer to overcome obstacles. To overcome challenges. To overcome demonic activities. No demon will come next to a worshiper. Hello? When you stop lifting your hands and you worship God, demons have to flee. They have to flee. That's why we should take serious a time of praise and worship here in church. We should really, really take it serious. The band must take serious the time of preparation before they come and serve the people in praise and worship. Amen, family? They must go, they, they have to pray. They have to pray, they have to get rid of whatever bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever that's in their heart that is not. You can't stand in front of the people when you've got issues in your heart and minister to the people. I also can't do that. So as I stand here, I guarantee you, I've got no issues with nobody. I've got no issues with nobody. I don't know the last time I had issues with anybody. I love all my enemies. My enemies don't disturb my peace. Because my joy comes from the Lord. So when I stand in front of you here, I am as pure in my heart. No distraction. There's nothing the devil can use in my heart to distract me. Uh -uh. He's, got, he's got nothing to use. I offer him nothing. The Bible says give, place, give no place to the devil. He's got no place. He's got nothing to hold on to in my heart. Hmm? I said something in my mind that I'm the only one laughing about. <laughs> Amen, family? When we come into church during a time of worship, you know what worship does to your heart? Worship prepares your heart. Worship prepares the soil of your heart so that the seed of the word may be able to penetrate. So in worship, when we have issues in worship, 
We get rid of them. The Bible says Judah must plow. Judah means praise. So, so when we worship, there is, there, is, there, is, there, is, there is a work that is happening by the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And he will lead you to make right or to repent of anything that is not right with God. It's not just about singing. Uh-uh. It's a time of intimacy with God where you allow God to really get rid of whatever that's in your heart. If he says forgive that one, forgive. If he says repent of that, repent. God in worship, he will remind you of things that you have not repented of. He will remind you of your unrepented sin that you must bring to the altar. So that, why? So that worship may have its effect in you. And when the word of God comes and the preaching of the word comes, your heart is able to receive the preaching of the word. You receive the word with gladness. Are you with me? There are no thorns in your heart. Your heart is not wayside soil. (laughs) Are you with me? Your heart is not hardened. Worship softens your heart. It makes makes your heart receptive to the word of God. You're able to receive the word of God because your heart is made right in worship. Worship is very powerful. It's very powerful. Worship allows us to experience the love of God. As you're worshiping God on your own, you will just feel his presence and his love will just overwhelm you. God will communicate his love to you through worship, through worship. And you will know that you know that you know that you are loved by the Father as you worship him, as you just worship him. Worshippers are stable people. Worshippers are consistent people. Worshippers are predictable people. You can, you can, you know, some of, some of you guys are unpredictable. Worshippers are predictable people. If you ask me, Pastor Abby, what do you think Apostle Theo's behavior will be if he hears that someone has been talking against him? I will tell you how his behavior will be because he's predictable. He's consistent. And I'll tell you this. It won't move him. I'll tell you this. He will pray for them. And that's the man I look up to. If you, if you, if you ask me, Abby, if you hear that someone has stolen from you and they did this and this and this, what will it be? I'll tell you. I'll be unmoved. I will be unmoved. Because I'm predictable. What makes me predictable? The word of God. And we're going to talk about the word of God just now. The word of God will make you predictable. Hello? Some of you guys, sometimes we use a smile. Sometimes there's no smile. We don't know whether we should approach you or not. Is it, is it okay or is it not? <laughs> Hello? Family, let's not be moved. Let's not 
allow the devil to have a playground in our lives. Let's refuse to be moved. Let's allow the word of God to make us strong and be unmovable. Second Chronicles 5. Second Chronicles 5. Okay, am I really going to get to the other five? To the other four. This is how you make series. Second Chronicles what? 5, 13 to 14. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praises and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised to the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endured forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. What do you think the cloud was? That was the presence of God, the glory of God. The glory of God is the manifestation of the presence of God. And when we worship together in unity, are you with me? And our praises, our worship go up. The glory of, the, of God comes. And when the glory of God is present, healings take place. When the glory of God is present, deliverance take place. When the glory of God is present, listen, hardened hearts, are turned around. People weep under the presence, under the glory of God. That is all a result of worship. When God is worshipped, God manifests himself. And when his presence is in our midst, I promise you, demons will manifest. People fall under the power. The joy of God fills the hearts of the people. People start seeing visions. God starts talking to people. If you want God to constantly talk to you, if you want to hear God more and more clearer, become a worshiper. Become a worshiper. Worship takes out the hocus in your heart. Are you with me? And when you've got no issues in your heart, and you're just filled with worship, with your love and adoration for God, I promise you, you'll be able to hear very clearly. How you guys know the song that says, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all the obstacles in my way. You see, that, that's by seeing. But you can feel the presence of God when all obstacles are out of your heart. Why do I talk a lot about the heart and keeping your heart pure, keeping your heart clean and not letting your heart be troubled and stuff like that. Why do I keep talking about that so much? Number one, it's my assignment. Secondly, everything starts from the heart. He says, 
their lips praise me all the time, but their hearts are far away from me. Their hearts are far away from me. Everything is about the heart. Above all else, that's why he said, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Oh, I so wish I could continue. What's the time? 10.52. What about me? I don't continue. What did I write here? Praise God. Um, as I end or continue? You don't know. I want to talk about praying in the spirit. I want to talk about the word. I want to talk about saving. I want to talk about consistency. Fine, we'll end it here. We'll end it here and we will continue next week. Um, you said it's what time? What time does the church end? In Yazigat. What's in Yazigat? But family, let's have the worship team here. We're going to worship God for a bit. Let's have the worship team and let, let, let's worship God a bit. Um, another word for worshiping God is being obedient to God. Say this to me. Say, when, when, I, when I'm obedient to God, I'm worshiping God. Say, I worship God by obeying God. Amen? Is that true? We worship God, we obey God by worshiping Him. By worshiping Him. So when, um, when the Bible says to the husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church, when the husband is obedient to that instruction, he's worshiping God. When the Bible says to the wife, submit to your husband as unto the Lord, when you do that, when you obey that instruction, God receives that as worship. That's worship. When the Bible says, young people, obey your parents. When you obey that instruction, you are worshiping God. When the Bible says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. When you obey that instruction, you are worshiping God. When the Bible says pray for your enemies, when you obey that instruction and you pray for your enemies, you are worshiping God. When the Bible says don't hold unforgiveness in your heart, forgive, forgive, and when you obey that instruction and you forgive those that do you wrong, that is worshiping God. Hello? Hello? 
And there are benefits to worshipers. Because worshipers are obeyers. When the Bible says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints, which means don't stop coming to church. When you obey the instruction and you keep coming to church, you are a worshiper because you are obeying God's instruction. When the Bible says, pray without ceasing, do not stop praying. When you don't stop praying and you obey that instruction, you are doing what? Worshiping God. When the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. And he says, we must bring people into the family. When you do that, you are worshiping God. Whatever you are serving God, whatever capacity that you are serving God in, whatever department that you are serving God in, when you are instructed to do that and you obey that, that is you worshiping God. God. If I was in a marriage seminar, I'll go deeper. To talk about what real worship is between a husband and wife. Worship. Husband and wife, they don't worship God by singing. Ah, they don't sing. Come to marriage seminars. Amen? Praise God. So the Bible says God is seeking for worshipers. God is seeking for those that will what? Worship him. Say I'm a worshiper. Come on, let's stand up in our feet. Uh, yeah, let's stand up. We're going to sing a song and let, let's just pour our hearts. Uh, with this understanding of what worship is. Now, you, when you understand what worship is, you will... When you worship God in song, you see, because worshiping is not singing, but you can worship God in a song, in singing. So when we worship God in, in a song, when you understand what worship is, you will stop worshiping like this. The shoes are not nice today. No. Are you with me? When you understand what worship is. When you understand what worship is, your attention, your eyes will be fixed to the Lord. Nothing will matter to you. But you want to be so sensitive to his presence. You want to be so sensitive to what he's doing or what he's about to do. You pour out your heart to him and you say, Father, fill me, fill me. Fill me with your presence. Get rid of everything that is a distraction to your presence. You don't care about your looks. You don't care about those tears running down your face and destroying your makeup. You don't care about that. You just want to give everything to God. Oh, my God. 